Branding and design are a big part of your business image, but how do you brand so that you can stand out in the market rather than get lost in the market? And further, how do you know if you need to start a whole brand refresh or to rebrand all the way from the beginning? Well, today in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio, I'll be talking to a dynamic duo who is, they specialize in branding companies, and they're here to tell us when do you know to do which thing, which path, and they're going to give us all these tips and hacks about what you're going to do to, ex what to expect when you're trying to rebrand. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade House of Style, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Good morning, Waste Up Wardrobe Nation. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. This is episode 141. And today we are bringing you an episode where that is so important for us as business owners and entrepreneurs. It's about your brand image. It's about how you stand out in the community, how you stand out in the market, and how to ensure not to really get lost in the noise of the market. But before I get started, I want to say thank you to so many people out there. Thank you to the Waste Up Wardrobe audience. Thank you to Rick Moscoso, my producer, who's always in the green room making this production dynamic and exciting and technically correct. So thank you, uh, Rick, for that. Additionally, know that we are on a lot of social media platforms. We're on iTunes, where you could just listen to us if you can't watch us. And we are on YouTube, where we stream live every Thursday at 1130 from Facebook at Waste Up Wardrobe. So join us, tell a friend about us. And if you're so inclined, go give us a review on iTunes. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive in and start talking about my, uh, my guest's today. They are a husband and wife team and they are, um, they specialize in really high end design and branding that really helps their clients stand out in the market. And they have been doing this for quite some time now and they have a lot to share. Uh, so let me go ahead and just start uh, bragging about them. Uh, Justin and Alyssa Clark are a dynamic husband and wife team who together run the company Clark Studios. And that's a design agency that specializes in branding and print and really all the things that go into branding, including digital design. And um, in 2001, they built a reputation for delivering really great, outstanding service when it comes to design solutions that really have made a big impact in their clients' lives and have really um, 
you know, really made their clients' expectations like succeeded or superseded their expectations. Uh, And their clients are anything from startup companies to large corporations, and they really help with the branding across all industries. And um, they really pride themselves on exceptional client service. Their expertise in branding and print and digital design has helped so many businesses achieve their goals and really stand out in this crowded marketplace. I mean, we all know how that feels. We're trying to really speak our brand, but there's so many other people doing it. So it's great to know how you can really utilize what's unique to you as a business and really highlight it in the way you um, you design your brand. So their passion, creativity, and commitment to excellence have made them one of the most enjoyable um, to work within design teams in the industry because that's what their clients say. So please help me welcome Justin and Alyssa to the show. Hi, Alyssa. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you for having us. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you, Justin, for being here. I know that you guys are super busy, but I feel like there's so much great information here that we can give um, so many business owners out there because branding is such an important part of our image. And I think people don't pay enough attention to it. And I feel like branding can be a little bit misunderstood. People don't really understand it so much because so many people call themselves branding experts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to dive into all of that really, really soon. But before we get started, um, I just kind of want to ask some like off topic questions so that we all can get to know who you are and <clears throat> a little flavor. Okay, well, it looks like everybody's wearing a Hawaiian shirt today or some sort of <laughs> active design pattern shirt so uh let let me ask you do you like like hawaiian shirts or solid colors Alyssa? what do you think uh i generally am a solid color kind of person but i don't know today just felt like it's midsummer so why not be happy why not why not and it was so funny because when we were in the the studio uh, my producer rick is also wearing a hawaiian shirt I'm the only one who is not yeah. the <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Justin, I know you and Alyssa are a team. Uh, and I guess what the, the question I'm going to ask, and this might not be, this, this might be a very, um, I'm kind of walking a fine line. How is it working with a spouse in business? <laughs> To me, easy. Like, no yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's actually great. People ask us this a lot. Um, yeah. You know, people are like, I could never work with my spouse. Uh, but being both creatives, Liz um, uh, is a fine artist also uh, and a trained graphic designer. Uh, I'm a designer as well. Um, but we have very complementary styles. And so um, we kind of like to think of ourselves as like iron sharpening iron, like we push each other and we. We're actually pretty competitive, but it works out. You know, I love that because uh, that's how you have to be in life too. So you get to practice. It's like business translating into life and not everybody can do it. So I commend you because since 2001 is when you've been running your business, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, obviously you guys are doing something right. And it's uh, it sounds like it, um, it works for you guys. And I think that's amazing. Uh, so beach or mountains, Alyssa? Oh, that's so, that's a tough one. We're actually headed to the mountains this weekend up to the Sierras. So we've been doing some backpacking in the last couple of years. And I mean, we're both surfers. Like we both grew up surfing. 
cool. and raised our kids surfing. Um, but, and I've got palm trees behind me, <laughs> but lately we're just like, we're, I'm, I love the mountains. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's not to like on either side, right? It's yeah, just it's hard. Yeah. And you guys seem to be very outdoorsy and adventurous. So I'm sure that that is why both really yeah. resonate with you. Okay. Yeah. One more question. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to turn this to Justin. Justin, if you had to choose between painting and woodshop, which one would it be? Ooh, uh, I always wanted to do woodshop. I did it in high school. I would love to have that skill. Um, but I would say painting. Now I'm not talking about painting the house, but like doing fine art stuff and like paint, like, um, I paint these like really up, like close up train paintings that are very graphic. There's kind of one behind me. <laughs> yeah, I see that. It's awesome. And you know, this question is also really uh, relevant to Alyssa because I know she's an artist too. And I just, I've seen your art and I think, wow, I just two artists, you know, just kind of feeding up of each other. Yeah, yep. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's wonderful to have you guys here. I'm so glad that we, um, get to sit down and really um, learn from your genius and learn from the work that you guys do with uh, Clark Studios um, has a part of it is the uh, the the part where is the brand bar. Can uh, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about what the brand bar actually is? Yeah, so Clark Studios is our full service branding graphic design agency. Um, we just launched what's called mybrandingbar.com and it's it's a smaller, more packaged offering that uh, you, where you still our, our clients still get um, the agency quality without the agency price. So we've kind of pared down some strategic offerings for you know brand assessment and if you need a logo refresh and a brand guidelines. So a simplified version that's more palatable and more cost effective. Yeah. That's that's really cool. I love the idea of a bar for branding because it just it gives the impression that you can select and and kind of create your own um, like there's a set of offerings and you get to pick and choose or figure it out in a custom way. It feels like mm -hmm. it feels custom. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and we use some mixology terminology to your point like you. It's like the different ingredients coming together and it also has a connotation of raising the bar of your brand. So. I love it. it was clever. <laughs> I love it. I think it's clever. And I think I love everything about your branding too. Obvious. It's a good thing. I like everything about your branding because I mean, you yeah. guys are a branding company. <laughs> but it's so cool. I, I, you guys each have your own vibe and style. And my philosophy is because, you know, uh, being an image consultant, as well as somebody who designs sets for my clients, I consider background like a billboard for your brand like if you're not utilizing it speak your brand then you're kind of wasting the opportunity um because if you're on camera a lot um and so i i play with branding a lot in different ways than you you both do um but i always people are saying you know they you talk to people and they go oh, i'm a brand i'm branding expert it's like okay that's so generic and people have really not they don't really know what it means. So I look at brand and branding as style. Like what is the style you lead with? And when it comes to style, I believe that style should be expressed in every area of your life. So in the way you dress, in the way you live, in the way you, the car you drive, in the lifestyle that you you lead. Um, Alyssa, do you have a thought on that or agree, yeah. um, yeah. disagree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, style can be somewhat subjective. There are all kinds of styles that are out there. And um, 
it's really up to your imagination in terms of kind of how you choose to represent yourself aesthetically. Um, and that goes for your logo for your business uh, as well. But I think um, when, when we, when we're addressing a project or any, anything that needs an aesthetic uh, taste or twist, um, we really uh, utilize the, the power of observation. So I think understanding like things like balance and scale change and um, value, lights and darks, I think understanding the fundamentals of what makes good design, I think is really important. And we lead with those foundational principles because you can take those and apply them to any aesthetic that you want to and make it look um, refined. Yeah. And, and you, just the way you, uh, your company does things, just the sort of that custom feel, because you are paying attention to all these things. How much of it is the, is the, I mean, I would imagine it's a large part, the company that you're working for, how much studying of that company do you have to do? Or is there another way you get to know the essence of who they are as you're developing branding for them? And Justin, I would love to hear your take on that part. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, so what we do uh, when we engage a new client, we take them through a brand audit, uh, brand assessment. So we go in and before, so what we used to do before we kind of shifted our model, we, um, we figured out that you know, we don't want to just take on like a website design for a client. So when the client comes and says, hey, we need a new website, we say, okay, put on the brakes. Let's talk about why you need a website. What's the purpose it's supposed to serve? Who is it serving? What are your products? How are they priced? What's the customer journey? So like all these like backend things that we need to discover with the client before we start working on aesthetics. Um, and that really, our clients are loving it because we spend, you know, anywhere from two to four hours um, with their, their team. And we get an understanding of, you know, who their target audience is, what's their brand's personality, how do they see themselves versus how their target audience sees them and what's the disparity there? How do we, how do we take what's missing and, you know, patch those holes? Um, and, and all of that uh, helps inform the messaging that we come up with, which is just as important as the visual aesthetics. Those two have to work hand in hand. So we have to really dive deep and get an understanding of, of where the client wants to go. We talk about um, like a SWOT analysis, uh, what's their strengths, their weaknesses, their opportunities and their threats. Mm. Uh, you know, so we look at all these things that, that play into how your client or customer is going to receive your brand by the way you're talking to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of it is sort of, like a psychology, right? How are, how it, there is psychology element in brand. Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't you say, Alyssa, there's this element of like, how are you impacting the person that's receiving the message? Is it really landing in the way that you as the a brand owner wants it to land? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because I, you know, we talk about this a lot in our company, you know, it's, it's not enough just to create something pretty for someone just for the sake of making it look a certain way. Um, but, but the perception of the person that's on the other side of that, um, your customers or the people that you're serving when you're, when you're branding your own personal company, you know, 
the, their perception of what your brand is, is where your brand exists. It doesn't exist within your own mind. It exists in the mind of your customer. Mm. And so if you're misaligned and your message and your, your visuals aren't speaking to kind of how your, your customers might see your company, then it, it can be as beautiful as any other logo, but it's still going to say the wrong thing about how your customers are perceiving your company. So and that's a psychological thought process to sort of figure out, okay, like who are we speaking to and what's going to resonate with them? Because you need to have that instant brand recognition. And if you're missing the mark, then people aren't going to make that connection. Yeah. That's the, that is uh, the thing. You have to almost get into the minds of the people that you, your target market, right? Justin, you're going to say something. Oh yeah, I was just going to expand on that. It's yeah. totally, it's a psychological thing for sure. It's like, um, as a brand, you need to figure out not only who your target audience is, but what are their pain points? Why are they coming to you? What are they struggling with? How can you solve that their problem? And that's gonna that's gonna turn them into you know eventually a loyal customer because you're solving their like tangible issues. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's why people hire anybody, right? They want that problem that they're dealing with to be solved. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, different avenues companies take. So for instance, like if we think about big brands like Coca-Cola or um, some of the bigger box name brands, um, those logos over time have really evolved. Their branding has evolved. Um, it changes but we still always recognize it, right? So my question to you, Justin, on this one is there is a, a brand refreshing and there's just building the brand from ground up. So how does a company, when they come to you, how do you determine which is more appropriate? Um, can you give us a little bit of information on that? Yeah, no, it's a great question also. Um, so rebranding is very different from a brand refresh. So Rebranding is basically starting, it's a complete overhaul. And this could happen in a couple different contexts. It could be you're starting a company, right? So you need your initial branding set up or it plays into like merger, mergers and acquisitions. So if you buy another company or you're acquired, then those entities have to figure out if they're gonna stick with one name or if they're gonna completely rebrand into a new name and a new identity, so mm -hmm. a new logo. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> And then a, a, a brand refresh is not starting from the ground up. A brand refresh is more like the Coca-Cola example that you gave, where they're so in tune with how the, their brand is being perceived that they always want to be evolving it. So it's almost like micro evolution as opposed to macro evolution. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're slowly, they're maintaining their brand equity. So to your point, like you, we always know it's Coca-Cola, but there's some granular shifts in the type treatments and, you know, little nuances that will bring it up into the current age. Mm -hmm. and so you've got to take into consideration, you know, trends and culture and, um, you know, modern look and feel and, and how, how they're resonating with their customers all plays into refreshing your brand. I like to explain a brand refresh, like I'll give an analogy of like a snake and that's why I wear my snake shirt. It's like, <laughs> You know, how, you know, it's kind of a positive and a negative. So we don't like snakes, right? But it's a good analogy because as the snake grows and it is evolving, it outgrows its skin, right? So it climbs out of its skin or whatever 
slithers out of its skin, leaves that old one behind, but it still has remnants of who that snake was and the patterns and all that, but it emerges with a shiny new coat. So yeah. it's almost like you're polishing what you already have. Yeah. And that could, that could look like, um, you know, when I speak of maintaining brand equity, so you want your customer to still recognize what you're doing and that, that you're paying attention and keeping your brand fresh and relevant, but you're not ditching it completely. So there's not a disconnect. So you yeah. may keep some of the color palette or you may keep um, a script font as opposed to changing it to a non-script font. So it's those nuances. Yeah. Well, very interestingly, I have an analogy that isn't snake related, <laughs> um, but it's kind of like when I work with my client's wardrobe, right? I give them really the idea is to give them a signature feel and look and vibe. So we really evolve what would be them, what when they wear, people recognize it as, oh, that is so you. Um, but as year after year, season after season, sometimes you have to bring it up to speed. You have to make it current. Yeah. Uh, so the, the polishing of it, right? So that they don't get stuck in an outdated uh, image when it comes to wardrobe. So again, here is branding, having sort of that framework, right? That basic framework where the the foundation pieces for all the parts in your brand, whether it's the image in the way you wardrobe yourself, whether it's in your logo, whether it's in the language on your website or your social media, all the things, um, <clears throat> same idea. They, they need mm -hmm. to be refreshed. Now, is there ever a time, Alyssa, maybe I don't know if uh, you would be the one to shed light on this, but is there ever a time since Justin was talking about this um, where you, you don't recommend, you say the brand looks great as it is. We don't need to really do anything. Like it's great. You know, it's working for you. Does that yeah. happen? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That for sure happens. And um, we have a client right now we're doing, we're doing a bunch of marketing and design for them, but their logo is perfectly fine. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, refreshed at the moment um, because I think you have to be careful about when you do that refresh. You don't want to, you don't want to, like Justin said, you want to disconnect with your customers. You don't want them to stop recognizing um, and have, and the, the brand awareness that you've already built up over time. And you have to, I think, you know, hiring an expert to do that for you is important because an expert will understand how to maintain your brand equity without completely, you know, disconnecting your brand from your customer. And so if we don't, if a company doesn't need a, a brand refresh, then we don't, you know, we don't force them to do that or encourage, even encourage them to do that yeah. just because yeah. it can, it can throw things off a little bit, but there's a, there's always a time for it. They'll yeah. probably be ready for it in maybe three or four years or less. Yeah. So, this is uh, it, it's such an interesting topic because there's so many multiple facets to it. When you are um, starting a brand project, branding project, Justin, are there like certain elements are really important that you feel like you need to determine these certain elements or foundation pieces before? And let's just say it's a rebrand. Let's say you're starting from scratch. Um, what, what are like you know, the elements are most important when you're, when you're trying to really help somebody stand out? Yeah. Um, well, what we do, once we get through the brand assessment and the brand audit, and we see where the holes are and what, what uh, pain points our clients are having, let alone their customers, <laughs> um, 
we what we do is we design and we produce what we call stylescapes. So mm-hmm. think of a mood board that is like highly elevated. So a stylescape is a single board, if you will, or let's say canvas that shows what a brand's visual encapsulation could look like. So mm-hmm. that stylescape shows styles of photography, color palette, um, different fonts and typography, uh, different graphic patterns, graphic icons, all that tell this visual succinct story of what your brand could look like in a hypothetical. And so we'll present two or three of those that are all very unique and different from each other. So based on uh, the feedback that we get from the client, you know, are they, are they in the tech space? Are they more modern and sophisticated, innovative? Like then we'll take an approach like that with a color palette and then we'll do something that's very different to be complementary to that. And then we present it to the client, we talk through it. Sometimes we marry the two ideas, but we walk away with a very clear visual representation of um, what the brand could look like. So then we work in the logo, then we work on the website and everything filters through that lens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the for the client to see that visual piece of what the possibilities are is so important, right? Because we are visually, it's easier to, to be able to visualize it if you actually see something drawn up for you rather than um, listen to a description of it. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so i just curious, uh, Justin, before I go on to Alyssa, do you have a favorite a favorite brand, like a brand out there. It's a pretty big brand that you think has done their um, branding really, really on point. Yeah, that's a tough question. I, I <laughs> should be able to answer this more succinctly, but I mean, I love like Apple. I mean, it's kind of a yeah vanilla answer, but the way they do things and their innovation and how clear their message is, um, they're clearly speaking to, you know, lifestyle and accessibility um, as opposed to being the technological leader. Because mm-hmm. if you look at their brand and, and understand their history and how they used to talk about their brand, mm-hmm. like Steve Jobs used to run like eight page ads about all the technical jargon of how they're superior and it didn't do anything. Yeah. Then he condensed it to think differently and they positioned their brand to lifestyle and then their electronics kind of bolstered that, you know, like backfilled it. And that's how their brand has gotten where it is today. Yeah. So the whole lifestyle piece, right? I mean, that every nobody, there's nobody that really doesn't. I mean, I guess there are a few people that don't have Apple, but I mean, that is definitely like it's a, it's, it's almost like an international language. It's an international thing to have. Yeah. Um, Any, any, okay, this is such a random question. So, um, oh, Kristen Levine's here and she's saying she loves their packaging too. And, Kristen, then you'll be interested to hear this next random question I'm going to throw at you, Justin. Any yeah. idea why the Apple logo has a bite taken out of it? No, that's a good question. I do know the rest of its evolution. I, I don't know if you guys have seen, you could Google it, but their original logo uh-huh. is a picture of Sir Isaac Newton. And it's not even a picture. It's like this line drawing. It's a very detailed. Like if you scale it down, you can't even see what was going on. Uh-huh. before they got to the apple but no i don't know the answer to that yeah i'm just curious i mean, I, I don't know if anybody's ever, ever studied that i 
I heard some things and I just was curious. So anyway, uh, but uh, Alyssa, I'm going to turn it to you. I want to know what you like, in your opinion, just from a branding expert, as well as just a consumer, what is a brand that you uh, find really um, is, is, is powerful, right? Stands out or speaks to you. Yeah, there's a brand that I love that's local here in Costa Mesa, and um, they're a surfboard company. It's called Almond Surfboards. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, their whole aesthetic is it's somewhat minimalistic, and it's got a really classic vibe to it. Um, and I tend to be a minimalist in my design work, um, and I, I just think that they've done a great job with their entire brand, all of their messaging it's just a delightful company. Um, I think they've been around for maybe like 15 years or so. Um, but yeah, they're local guys here in Costa Mesa. They're surfers. Their boards are beautiful. They're just, they just did everything well from their products to their design. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of my favorites. You know, I, I actually am going to check them out. They sound, it sounds, I, I'm curious about the idea of the almond. Is it because of the shape of a, a surfboard? What is it exactly? I'm kind of curious now, so I'm going to look mm-hmm. into that. But um, I love the, the the smaller brands too that really knock it out of the park, right? Yeah. The smaller kind of companies that knock out. I mean, Apple goes without saying, for me, when I think about branding, I love the way Nespresso does its branding. I think it's mm-hmm. sort of that the Louis Vuitton of coffee. Mm-hmm. Just when you walk into their store, the way everything is is stacked. I, I love it. Um, so, yeah. you know, and, and just the whole experience, right? Everything now is experiential. So I think any company now that's giving you that experience and they're speaking their brand in every area is like super powerful. Because the problem is, and that was my next question, um, uh, Alyssa, is that, you know, it? if you are in an industry that's very saturated, right, there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing you do. As the branding consultant, do you feel like it's harder to help them stand out or do you always feel confident that you could help with that? Because I feel that sometimes like you look at industries like the coaching industry, right, or like like areas are super saturated. Um, How do you deal with that? And do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And it's a hard one because I think being able, if if you're in a saturated industry, uh, being able to stand out is very difficult to do. Um, And I think that, you know, understanding who you are as a brand and as a person, just like when you're dressing yourself, like I'm sure you experience this when you're putting together people's wardrobes. I think if, if you take the essence of a company or a person and you really boil it down to the essentials, then I think that you can, you can apply, um, you can apply those, those solid brand principles to, kind of whatever their essence is. And, and I think those two things combined because each company is unique, each person is unique, right? Like there's no two people that are ever the same. And I think if you, um, if you really just draw out like the uniqueness of a, of a company and you do it well, then they're going to end up standing out at least to who their customers are, because there's no there's no shortage of the amount of people that are out there that will resonate with what you're doing. I think that's better than trying to just kind of copycat another company that's doing what you're doing. Um, I think that's actually a dangerous approach because then you just sort of get lost in the noise. 
-hmm. when companies just kind of copycat each other. Um, I think it's better to just find what's unique, you know, drill down into that and, and go with it. And you're, you're the people who you are meant to serve will be like magnets to your brand because you, you got to who the core of your business is or your personality is. Yeah. I feel like copycat branding is like anti-branding, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's not branding. That's just, you know, it, yeah. else, right. Well, and it's, it's kind of lazy. Like it takes a lot of work to really draw out the essence of a brand or a person, as you know, because you, you do this all the time with your clients. Yeah. So you just have to be very thoughtful about it and um, be a good listener. I think really understand kind of where your brand or your customer is coming from. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got a, I've got a thought on that too. If we have yeah. a minute, um, so I think the question was, you know, if there's a ton of people in your space, a lot of competition. How I think the question then becomes, how are you different? Like to Alyssa's point and to your point, Christine, like we're all different. All brands are different, even if they're selling, you know, almost the same product. It's how are you talking about it? And I think what Alyssa you're getting at is. What's the unique selling proposition? What's your USP? What truly makes you different? And then you drill down into that and that's what you talk about. Um, we had a client a few years back, they're a dermatology company. Um, and they came to us, they said, we need a rebrand. We just, we don't know, like every, there's so much competition in the dermatology space. We're just drowning. I'm like, okay, let's, let's assess this. Let's look at your visuals. Let's see your messaging. And they brought it out and it was like pictures of like, you know, dermatologists sticking needles in, in people's faces for Botox. And like, this is their advertising. And like, I was totally turned off and I'm sure their audience is mostly turned off. And so we, we stepped back and we said, okay, we know what you're doing. We know what the competition's doing. Let's go in the other direction. And yeah. so they're a Newport Beach-based company here in California. And so we're like, let's sell the lifestyle portion. Let's sell the result. Let's show beautiful people doing beautiful things with their family and, you know, the end result as opposed to the process <laughs> and yeah. that campaign went through the roof and just yeah. really grew their business. Yeah. We took it more fashion forward and they were really happy with it. I love that. That is really um, sort of why having somebody who's an expert in the field can really make or break how you stand out in the field, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm going to ask Rick to come up on stage here because I have a question for him because when I started my company, Rick was really instrumental in helping me think about my brand and how, where it was going. And he had done um, a branding video for me. So here's another piece of your branding, right? Um, there he is picking his head. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Rick. And we, you know, uh, Rick is an expert at video production and so many other things. He does a lot of my photography as well, and he's my showrunner. But he really uh, is very well versed on sort of the branding side when it comes to video, right? And I remember when we sat down together, Rick, one of the very first questions you asked me is, well, why, how are you different than another stylist? I had a really hard time with that question. Remember? That's a tough question that I think any good marketer has to ask um, in the individual. So you can, it forces you to see yourself in the eyes of your audience, right? Yeah. And if, and it's, it's like I said, like I, I, I explain in a lot of my, uh, my, my videos when we do pre-production, it's like, you know, you may see yourself as one thing, 
but everybody else sees you as this. So there's a there's a disconnect. It's not congruent with with the brand you're trying to per- portray. So let's fix that, you know. And it's same thing when you do uh, you, you're creating a marketing video. You have to really keep that in the back of your mind or help your client understand that in the back of their mind so they're saying the right things. They're marketing themselves truly what the customer expects, not what you think they should want, you know. You're not forcing it down on them. Yeah. And I am trying to think back to why that was so hard for me, because I kept thinking it was I, the person that's delivering the service was the difference. And I kept trying to figure out how I was going to bring that out. Um, and I kept thinking, oh, I, you got to experience it first. But the idea of branding is like you have to be able to kind of uh, translate in all these different areas so that they understand without you having to explain it. Right, Alyssa? It's you nodding your mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, Rick was so powerful in helping me understand Brandy from the perspective of a brand video. Um, And he really that question that Justin was saying that you ask is like, what makes you different is so important when you're trying to stand out in a in in the in the marketplace. And so, again, here we go. Another another part of Brandy. Right. Rick is that Mm -hmm. video production, like what we're doing here on the podcast or creating a brand video or any of the video that we're putting out there is considered part of your brand. So I I have a process question for Justin and Alyssa. Yeah. So when you ask that tough question, you know, um, um, and you know, what makes you different, right? A lot of times in my experience with uh, video, you know, customers in their video production, they give very superficial answers or canned answers, you know, What's your process and how do you really dig into that to uncover what, why they're different? Um, well, we've got a, we've got a series of prompts um, that we go through with our clients when we're in the, in the assessment uh, and audit stage. So we're, when we're really trying to get to who their personality is as a brand, we've got some good questions that we ask them, um, but we don't allow them to give us canned answers. So we're, we kind of play the bad guy and like, no, 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 no. So we're like devil, ad, <laughs> devil's advocate. Like, yeah. okay, we know that that's the right answer. Now what's the, what's the true answer, right? Uh, when we talk about branding, there's a lot, it has to do with trust and truth and delivery expectations. So we need to be as real as we can because our clients and customers aren't stupid. <laughs> They're going to see through it, you know? Yeah. 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 And- so much psychology in that, right? Alyssa, like we yeah. were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think you have to you have to also ask um, what problems are you solving for your customers? And and you have to drill down to, into like the visceral gut reaction to like, oh yeah, like this is resonating with me right now because I really have a problem that I can't solve myself and I need someone to help me. So I'm going to call Christine because my background, my background's horrible and I don't know what to wear. And so, you know, like you, you got me thinking about my backgrounds. Like I totally changed my whole setup from, I was sitting in my kitchen, I think the first couple <laughs> times we ever talked on a Zoom call and, you know, now, you know, I love it. You totally got me thinking. So I don't go, I don't do Zoom meetings unless I'm sitting in front of this backdrop. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right? like, you. I'm I wearing big that. earrings. So like, I know you, you, like you really helped solve a problem, I think. 
Or actually, I wouldn't even back up and say something I wasn't really thinking about, and I should have been thinking about because I'm in branding, but I wasn't translating it to how I was presenting myself, my personal brand on screen. And so the fact that you just got me asking that question, like, hey, like, how do I want to be perceived when I'm speaking with clients? Well, I need to be professional. So, you know, and, and you, you're the one that brought that to the forefront of my mind. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. you. That's such a wonderful yeah. thing to say. And but, but, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, solving problems, right? Solving problems, how you solve your customers' problems, that's what's going to make you different and make you stand out in the market. Oh, I'm getting so much love here. Thank you guys. It's so good for me. <laughs> it's, it's true. I'm not lying. Like, it's true. This is unscripted, people. Yeah. And then Kristen, Kristen's tuned in and she even says, I'm working with Christine as a stylist. I feel so me when I get dressed now. I love it. Thank yeah. you, guys. <laughs> awesome. I did not plan this. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is really uh, amazing. So um, I... I wanted to tell the audience, because we've been talking about the auditing a lot, the audit, right? I want to tell the audience that you guys have, um, with the hashtag brand it and shine, that, and then Rick is going to put that up so people remember when they're listening to replay in particular, uh, hashtag brand it and shine, um, that they would be basically, um, they'd be able to get the link to the audit. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Is that correct, um, Alyssa? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So if you want the audit, so that you can audit your brand, um, it is uh, free, but you'll need to get the link. So you need to identify yourself by putting in the hashtag brand it and shine. And um, I just wanted to put it out there because we talked about the audit a lot. And I'm sure people are going, well, I wish I could figure out like how I get my hands on the audit. So you got it. Uh, I have an interesting question and I'm going to direct this one to Justin. Uh, when, when your client wants to go a certain direction with their branding, and you disagree, how would you handle that? Uh, we don't get that a ton because usually when clients come to us, they're, they, they know that they need to trust the experts. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of the time um, when you're so close to your own business and your own brand, it's hard to be objective about it. Mm. So, they're acting from an emotional subjective standpoint. So we hear them, we listen, we talk it out. And then we take that and we bring it back to our team and we say, would you, would, first of all, would you allow us, you know, to present some alternative ideas and then we can weigh them out together. Mm -hmm. And usually their idea get, goes off the table <laughs> more often than not, because they haven't really thought through the root of why they think that. So it's really about drilling down um, and getting to that root um, question and problem. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, you know, it's, there's some industries like, um, like in my industry, right. When I'm dressing somebody, if they, um, I always say you have to be able to wear something I'm suggesting and own it. If you can't, then it's not really for you. I'm, it's my job to show you things outside of the box that you're in. And like you said, when they come to you in trust, then, then they basically are putting their hand, themselves in your hands and they trust it. But when I guess maybe addressing, especially uh, women entrepreneurs is a little bit different because we are so selective so much. We're just selective in the way we present like dress up really and so sometimes people will be like no i don't think i could do that you know and mm -hmm. and that's okay that is okay but to 
it, I feel like it's my responsibility to tell them that the world could see you in a different light. That's right. So Alyssa, do you have any, any, uh, anything to add to what Justin said? On yeah. The um, I think, you know, that's a very, it's a very personal thing. And, and a lot of times clients are very personally attached to um, sort of a visual or a way they want something to look. And um, I think, you know, there is, there's certainly a level of compromise that we have to take when we're working with someone. I think, I think that's where the skill of being an expert and we've been doing what we've been doing for over 20 years and I, and learning to listen well, I think has, is kind of how we've kind of figured this out, like how to, how to merge what we know to be right and good from a design standpoint, and then taking the desires of the client and, and finding a compromise that's maybe leaning a little more towards kind of what we would prefer for them. I think it's just a skill set that we've had to hone in on for, for several years. So, and then, yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's personal. Like people have emotional attachments to the way they want to dress or the way they want their company to look, their branding, their logo, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I can add on to that real quick, but I like to use the analogy. I'm full of analogies and dad jokes, (laughs) but I'll keep the dad jokes off, off, off. I won't go there. So <laughs> when I, when we face a client like that, yes, Alyssa, we have to listen. We have to hear, we have to be empathetic and then we have to break it down. But I like to give the analogy of a doctor, right? So you're paying a doctor because um, you've got an ailment. You go there for a diagnosis because he's the expert. He's the doctor. Sure. You could YouTube it and try and figure it out, but that's risky. So and you wouldn't go to the doctor and say, no, I don't believe you or at least you would get a second opinion, but you're not going to diagnose yourself because at the end of the day, you're, you're not fully objective about it. So that's why you come to the expert in the first place. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I, I, um, I don't think it happens very often because once somebody engages um, somebody, the, the service of somebody like yours or mine, they really have, they, they, they've done their homework, right? And they're like, okay, I trust you. You you tell me what to do because they haven't wanted to make those decisions on their own. They are coming to somebody to say, hey, I'm paying you to do it for me. And I, you know, and so run with it. So I totally understand every once in a while there'll be somebody say, eh, I don't know. I just don't know, you know, but um, but that that's a really interesting um, that you, you know, that it doesn't really come up that much because, of course, the level of service that you've you've given out and your reputation. Uh, I want to know how people can connect with you guys if they wanted to learn more about your services. Um, is there, um, like, what's the easiest way? Alyssa. Um, we have two websites. Um, we have a corporate site, and then we have um, the website that we've been talking about today, which is mybrandingbar.com. Um, we can be contacted easily through there. Okay. Yeah. Is, there, is there an email that you guys would like to put out there or should they just go to the website and it'll be there, right? Yeah. I think it's just yeah. a team, team at mybrandingbar.com, I, I believe. No, it's hello oh, at yeah. mybrandingbar.com. That's right. Okay. Hello at mybrandingbar.com. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and we have your um, your websites uh, up here on the in the comments that will live there. Uh, so if there is one takeaway that we can leave the audience with when it comes to their branding, when it comes to the kind of work you really think every um, 
company should really have or just take away from this conversation, uh, Justin, what do you think that one thing, one takeaway would be? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would say this is more high level. I would say that your brand is your promise to your customer or your client. Mm. So in that, you can unpack that in all sorts of ways. But at the end of the day, the way you're presenting your brand, your product packaging, uh, the surveys you send out to your clients, you know, checks and balances, like your, your brand is a promise to your customer. And that's why they're there because they trust you. They, they like your products. You're, you're being taken care of. Yeah. yeah that's my takeaway. Yeah. I mean, that's what I talk about a lot. Like I said, I brought up Rick because he did the branding video. There's so many pieces to branding, right? There's all the work that you do. There's the way you, your image, the way you show up on video, but also your customer journey, the customer mm -hmm. journey that you create and for your client is really, really important. Everything has to tie in for it to really actually for it to stand out. Right. So then, yeah. you know, when you see a part of your brand being, um, express this or we're like, Oh, I know that's that company. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Alyssa is, are there any, um, tools, um, that you can recommend for the audience to really kind of start thinking about either a brand refresh or, or really honing their brand? Yeah, we have a quiz on our website. Um, that's free. You can get, go on there and run through the quiz. It's 10 questions, I think. And that'll kind of help give you your own mental assessment in terms of where you're at with your branding, if you if you need a rebrand or a refresh. Yeah. yeah, as well as the audit that people can get when they put in the hashtag brand it and shine. Yeah. So those are really two amazing tools. We always try and kind of give the, the audience a couple tips uh, uh, to kind of run with. Um, Justin, any ideas on a couple tips? Yeah, um, I've got lots of tips. I'll narrow it to two. Okay. <laughs> The, the first one is, uh, and, and um, I would say your brand is ever evolving. It is always evolving. It needs to be on your radar at all times. Yeah. Um, branding seems to get pushed to the back burner because you're focused on your product and your service and your client journey, which are all very important. Yeah. But you need to keep in mind that your competitors are on top of it. So you don't want to get left in the dust by <clears throat> not being proactive. So that's mm -hmm. one tip. Mm -hmm. um, the second one would be, um, how important marketing actually is if you're looking to grow and scale your business. Mm. Um, we've prided ourselves for 20 years by saying we've, we don't do marketing. We've never had to our work shines and it's all referral based and that's all good, right? We need that as, as small business owners or business owners. But if you're really trying to grow your business, you really need to have that marketing engine. Mm. So there's, there's sales that need to happen there's marketing that needs to happen as equal because you need brand awareness. You need to be telling your story. You need to be speaking to your customers pain points through your messaging. So it's, yeah. it's ever evolving. Yeah. I mean, all those things under the umbrella of branding, I mean, it is really brand is people misunderstand that branding is just the logo, right? There's so many mm -hmm. pieces to it. And yeah. everything should tie in. Everything should be consistent. So it's not confusing. So it stands out, you know, all the things. So that was yeah. really, really good information, you know, about really focusing on that marketing plan. Right. So, Justin, before I move on to one of the last pieces that I want to ask uh, Alyssa, um, 
is there you create the logo the essence the color scheme what other pieces go into the product that you as a company deliver just so people are clear about you know your um custom work yeah definitely so what comes out of the the brand audit that we keep talking about in the assessment is one of the one of the the differentiators I would say for how we go about our process is we, we help our clients figure out what their internal mission statement is. So we all have an external and a lot of them are very vague. Like we exist to help our customers have a better life. Okay. What does that really mean? Like, so we boil it down to let some economic objectives, right? So we say, what are, what are like three tangible things that we can achieve by this date? And for what reason? Mm-hmm. So it's, we've got this compacted kind of vision and mission that the whole, that your whole team is going to be understand and everyone's going to be marching in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we have that, those economic goals, then we reverse engineer it. And we back into what are those marketing channels in order to reach those target audiences in order to get that, um, to achieve that economic objective. Mm. Right. And then what kind of assets do you need to support each of those funnels? So it's digital, it's website, it's print, it's... It could be an email drip campaign that leads to a value download that Mm -hmm. gets a customer to opt in and sign up. Mm -hmm. And um, so then you're, then you're, that's a lead generator, right? And then they're in, in your funnel and then you start sending them more value added things, you know, just freebies that are beneficial to them. Uh, And then, you know, you sell them something later once you've built up that trust, if they want it. There's a whole marketing show right there for me to have for the, (laughs) all the things you need to know about marketing. That's amazing. Uh, uh, You know, people might listen to this and like, okay, this is great. Now I've learned that branding is really important. I need to stand out. There's a lot to branding than I thought. If I had to give, a, if we have to give them an action item, somewhere they could start, just somewhere where they can really effectively start, you know, uh, where where would you say, what would you say an action item is, Elisa? Yeah, I think I would. I w- it's important to understand um, your industry and who your competitors are, and I would take a look at what they're doing. Um, I would also take a look at industries that might be the opposite of yours and see if you can pull from another industry. A lot of times that's a kind of a simpler way to differentiate yourself from a visual standpoint is to kind of cross pollinate, if you will. Um, And then I think um, understanding what good design is. um, I don't know how studious your audience is, but there are, there are some, um, really good branding books that are out there that kind of help. I'm reading this book right now called Primal Branding. It's an older book. Um, I don't don't know if I have it on my desk right here, Um, but that's really helpful just to kind of understand from a a learner's standpoint, what is good branding, Uh, understanding the history of art and design. Graphic design is only a hundred years old. It's a new medium in light of like the history of the world. So do a little bit of art history study and kind of get an idea. We like to pull from the past and yeah. kind of recreate things and make things fresh and new again. So 
I love that. I love that. That's actually, I feel like there's a whole conversation there about just that piece, right? Is how do you study your brand in relation to historical branding and what's new in branding and all those things. I'm, I'm, I'm a learner too. So I stuff up. (laughs) Um, Wow. Well, that was really packed and it was so good. And you guys are really a dynamic duo. I'm so excited that you guys agreed to come on the show and really share your genius and uh, share your business and um, everything. So um, your website is up on the page. It will live there. uh, Mybrandingbox.com. And um, I, uh, again, I'm so happy you guys are here and we'll definitely continue the conversation, maybe, maybe on marketing or maybe this whole idea that Alyssa, you just, you brought up about pulling from the past. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. create a brand. I think that's really, actually, that's a really great like topic title. So uh, awesome. Yeah. Is here. Great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank thank you. you. And it's there fun. you have it. Waste Up Wardrobe Nation. That was our episode on branding refreshing or rebranding or and all the things, the things you have to think about when it comes to really having your brand stand out in the market. I hope that's given you some ideas. I hope it's given you sort of that energy to start kind of exploring what your brand has said so far in the market and how you can make it even better. And, um, you know, we're on at every Thursday at 1130 Pacific time on Facebook at Waste Up Wardrobe, bringing you a new fresh show about um, how to show up on camera professionally, have a great presence on video and camera and anything and everything entrepreneurship. So join us next week and bring a friend. 